Well, good morning again, everybody. Jeff, one of the pastors, and um, <clears throat> we're in this series called The Call. And as part of our life of discipleship, as part of being disciples, as part of figuring out what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, we're going to talk about stewardship. And as part of talking about stewardship, we're going to talk about time. Now, talking about time makes people anxious. Talking about time makes people anxious, and, and we're going to talk about time a little bit more later in the worship gathering, but in the meantime, this is like, this is the time that we have. This is this idea that everything has been given to us. Even this very hour has been given to us. Now, I'm not going to preach for an hour, although I w- would like to. <laughs> we're not even going to have an hour left in our whole worship gathering, but this idea of stewardship is everything's been given to us. This hour is a gift. And so time isn't supposed to be making us feel anxious. Does time make you feel anxious? When you see this countdown clock, you go, oh, there's so much, I'm so, ah. You know, in the kingdom of God, it's the other way around. Time is a good news gift given to you from God to be his person. Right now, right in this hour, right in this minute, right in this second, right in those milliseconds. This is the time that the Lord has given us. You know, there's a verse in the Bible, this is the day the Lord has made, right? This is the day, let's be present in it. Well, this is the hour. These are the minutes that God has given us. And as stewards, we get present with that and realize what a gift that is. I'm not gonna let it just, I'm just gonna let it be up there. We're present to this very moment. Now, before I talk about time, I wanna talk about stewardship in general. Again, more about when Ben and I began to talk about with you on the side stage over there, because we are gonna spend three weeks talking about the biggies, the three biggies. If stewardship is about God having given us everything that we have, then we're gonna wanna talk about the time that God gives us. And we're gonna talk about the treasure, the resources God gives us. And we're gonna wanna talk about the talents or the gifts, the the strengths, personalities that God has given us. Those are sort of the big three. Here's a definition of stewardship. Stewardship, the conducting, supervising, or managing of something. Notice it doesn't say owning, right? It's conducting or supervising or managing something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care by another. Isn't that great? That's right off the dictionary on, my, on, on the internet. Especially the careful, responsible management of something entrusted to one's care by another. That's exactly what this is. God's like, here's some time I'm going to give you. It's not your time, it's my time, but I'm going to give it to you. And now you get to entrust it and manage it and care for it and live it for me. Isn't that beautiful? Here's some resources I'm going to give you. They're not yours, they're mine, but I'm going to give it to you to manage it and conduct it and run it and care for it. And, it's, and you're going to be entrusted with it. I love the word trust. I was reminded last night of one of my favorite stories where Di- when Diane Woodall in our church um, asked Harry Jones to take care of her dog. Do you guys know this famous story? And so, so Harry took care of uh, her dog in, at his house in Novato, and Diane was out of town doing something with her sister or whatever, and she got a call in wherever she was, another state, from somebody in Green Bray who said, hey, I have your dog here. <laughs> Is that an awesome story? <laughs> so she calls Harry. Hey, Harry, how's it going? He's all good. How's the dog? Well, like, good. 
Have you seen him lately? He's in Green Bray. Like to this day, nobody knows how we got down there. <laughs> Harry, stewardship is about the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to your care by another. That's what stewardship is. And as I said, there's three biggies, time, treasure, and talents. The bottom line being everything that God, uh, everything we have, God has given us. And then therefore we steward it all. I want to look at a text. Ben actually alluded to a parallel text in um, our conversation here on the side stage this morning. But I want you to look with me in Luke chapter 19. Jesus told two parables about stewardship. One in Luke 19 and one in Matthew 25. And uh, Ben related to the one in Matthew 25 that we commonly know in the parable of the talents, which is a a Greek word for, you know, giant sack of money. We're going to look at one where where Jesus entrusted to people some minas. So look with me at Luke 12. Uh, Sorry, 19, verse 12. Um, It's a longer passage. I'll tell the story. You can look it up in the Bibles if you wanted to. I just have these first couple verses here so you can see where we're going to be. But I want to read the text and uh, talk a couple. So I'm really going to, I'm preaching two half sermons. One's going to be on stewardship in general. And then we'll talk about time as we wrap up our time this morning. How are you feeling with the countdown clock? Anybody anxious? Does it make you anxious? Or is it a gift? It's a present, isn't it? Hurry up, Jeff. You're running out of time. Yeah, I know. Everybody I told that I was going to do this to said, tell them you're not preaching for the hour, right? The whole hour. That would make us anxious. Luke chapter 19, verse 12, the parable of the 10 minas. My study Bible with color in every page tells me that a mina was an amount of money that was worth 30 days wages. So it's a month's salary. So uh, let's start in verse 12. So this is Jesus speaking. He said, so a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. Now already Jesus, he's setting this up. This is a picture of Jesus, that he's going to go away. He's going to go to the cross, right? Be proclaimed king of kings by dying on the cross, resurrecting for us. He's going to go away and then he's going to come back. So this is about Jesus. Now every detail in parables that Jesus speaks of himself or speaks of God the Father, every detail always doesn't translate directly. So you have to be careful when you read parables. But Jesus is obviously talking about the fact that he's going to go away and he's going to come back. Okay? So he said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. See the stewardship idea there? Verse 14, but his subjects hated him. This is brutal. And sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. So not everybody's going to be in on being given things to steward for the sake of the king and the kingdom. Not everybody's in on the kingdom. He was made king, however, verse 15, and he returned home. And then, then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, so your mina has earned 10 more. Sir, your mina has earned 10 more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trusted, uh, you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take, a ch- take charge of 10 cities. The second came and said, sir, your mina has earned five more. The master answered, you take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, sir, here's your mina. I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you. This is his perspective of the king. 
you, because you're a hard man. You take what you did not put in and you reap what you did not sow. Now, of course, that's not true about Jesus, right? His master replied, I will judge you with your own words. Like, if that's, if that's what you think of me, even if that was true, which is not, even if that is what was true, how, what a wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man? That's what, it was your impression of me? Then, verse 23, why did you not then put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? And then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minus. Sir, they said he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given, but for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But then he goes, but those enemies, the people who don't even want me to be king, bring them here and kill them in front of me. In other words, they're gonna have no part in my kingdom because they'll be constantly working against my authority and my rule. Now again, that's not God's, attitude per se, but that's what a king would say when he said, here's my kingdom. Let's build it. Are you in? I'm going to give you this to work for it. Wow. This is an intense passage. And the parable of talents is very similar to it over in Matthew. And you can read that and study that. But I just want to, I want to pull out a couple of principles of stewardship around from this passage that we learned before we launch into both talking about time today and then treasure and talents over the next two weeks. So from this text, principles of stewardship, number one, it's what we do while we wait for Jesus to come back. It's what we do. I've said it three or four ways already this morning. It's what we do. We've been given life, we've been given breath, we've been given dollars, we've been given hours, we've been given strength, we've been given opportunities, we've been given people in our circles of influence, we've been, everything is to be lived for the king while we wait for Jesus. It's what we do. And I think our church just, you guys soar at this. There's no dichotomy between I have this little religious life over here and then I have my life. No, your life is kingdom life. Your life is for the king. Your life is all of these resources and all of these things that have been given to you. And so it's what we do while we're waiting for Jesus to come back to bring the kingdom in full is to build the kingdom now. Did you hear that, church? It's what we're doing while we wait for the kingdom to come in full. We build the kingdom now with the resources he's given us. The beginning of that text, the king said, listen, I'm going to go away. I'm going to come back. And while I'm gone, put this to work for my kingdom, for my efforts, for my desires for the world. And so that's what we get to do. Nobody's life is unimportant because we're kingdom people that are investing in building the kingdom of God. You're like, wow, like, what is that? What is that? Get a Bible with color on every page and study the kingdom of God. Like, look it up in the concordance. Get on the Google and ask, what is the kingdom of God? It is about God's will being done over the whole earth. Justice and righteousness and compassion, salvation in Christ, all of that, right? It's God's way being built. And that's what we do. And it's what we do while we wait for Jesus. There's nothing else to do. We don't go, and I had a career that was mildly fulfilling. And I raised some kids that were mildly successful. And I had some, you know, some vacations that were mildly fun. Like, that's not life. Life is stewarding what God's given us to build his kingdom. It's all that we're doing. Everything we do is that. That's a principle of stewardship. He goes, put this to work. This is what you do. You're my servant. When I come back, and you know the rest of the story, when I come back, we'll see what happened with it because it's what I asked you to be about. Second principle we learned of stewardship. All that we have 
It's been given to us. I've said that again three or four times. If you get that, you get the next three weeks. Everything you have has been given to you. Everything you have, you're like, I don't know. I worked pretty hard for it, I know. And a sovereign God has dodged you and orchestrated it and worked it out. What you have has been given to you. In the parable of the talents that Ben referred to, actually the people were given different amounts of money based on their Whatever, based on, like, they're different, they had different lots, so to speak, given to them. In this text, everybody got 10 minus. But the point is, is that everything we have, whether it's a little or a lot, has been given to us. Every hour we have, whether we live a short amount of life or a long amount of life, has been given to us by God. Our strengths, whether they're like all in this one area and then I'm a mess about everything else, that's been given to us by God. Everything we have is given to us. There is something profoundly simple, right? You're right you guys are like, Stop. all right, we get it, Jeff. But if we understood that, that this hour is given to us by God right now, that this dollar is given to me by God, how fundamentally that would change the way that we live, that everything we have has been given to us in order to steward None of it is ours. Oh, I love the. Some people go, gosh, that just, what kind of dignity is that? Or where I go, what, what do you mean what kind of dignity is that? What a blessing that God has gifted us in order to live for him. And it's all his. Do you just feel some freedom even bubbling up in you when you hear that? It's God's stuff that he's given to us to steward. Third principle about stewardship. There's a difference between investing and spending. He says, I want you to take this that I'm going to give you, these 10 minas. I want you to take this and I'm going to, uh, um, and, and then put it to work, he says. That put it to work is exactly what you think it means. He's like, open a business, barter with it, get something else, invest it so that there's interest. Like all, there's, we're to be doing something with this. And there's a difference between investing and spending. And I love the language here because as we live our lives, we literally use the time, well, I'm going to spend some time doing this. And, and I'm never going to stop saying that because it's so embedded in our language. But think about the idea that we don't actually spend time, we invest time. There's only 45 minutes left in this particular hour. It is an investment, Right? Every dollar is an investment, whether we spend it on Skittles or whether we spend it on, on, on uh, helping somebody who, uh, who has some needs or whether we spend it on somebody finding Jesus in Africa. Like, like every dollar is accountable to the Lord. And you're going to hear me later, by the way. There's not going to be judgment on the times that God says, I want you to have some Skittles. Enjoy that. And then sometimes when he goes, I want you to invest in Africa. Enjoy that. Like there's no judgment. This is all between you and the Lord. But the point is, is that we don't ever spend anything. We don't spend time. We don't spend uh, uh, our money. We don't spend ourselves. We invest. Everything is an investment in the kingdom. Wow, isn't that powerful? Which means a couple of things. You may think to yourself, I might be wasting a whole bunch of those resources. Maybe. But my point isn't to make us feel bad about that. My point is to go, wow, guess what? Every hour you've been given, you are a gift to this world because the kingdom's being built through you. Every strength God has given you, you are a gift today. You be a gift. I've said this before. When I walk out of the house for a day of life and ministry, when I get up to preach, my wife looks at me and goes, be a gift. Be a gift. You're a gift. Don't you love that? 
That's after a lifetime of my mom telling me every day, walking out of the house, that I was a gift. You think this self-image got here for no reason? Come on. Because God has given you time, a personality, resources, spheres of influence. All of that is from God. And so we're a gift out in the world. And so there's no spending. We're investing everywhere we go. And so sometimes that should tweak what we do with that time. So sometimes it's super holy to spend an hour on solitaire and recharge. And sometimes it's not a good investment because the Lord's like, I got something better or more or different for you right now than that. Right? I was just talking to somebody who went on to Hawaii on vacation looking for the R&R and they were so stoked about it. And when they got there, they had an opportunity to give and serve somebody on that trip. They're like, oh, that's why we went. Now, last time they went to Hawaii, they probably just soaked it all up and both were holy, but neither of them were just spending time. They were holy moments that God had given. You with me on this? All right, fourth and last, the principle not everyone, about stewardship, not everyone will want Jesus to be king. This is why I picked this passage. This pa- this, that phrase is not in the text in Matthew 25, but it's in this text in Luke chapter 19, that when the, he said, put this money to work until I come back, verse 14, but his subjects hated him. That doesn't obviously mean all his subjects, but the world, there are people who said, nope, we don't want you to be king literally says, we don't want this man to be our king. Friends, this, the rubber meets the road with stewardship because the king has given us everything that we have. And the question becomes, will we invest it for the kingdom? Or will we be people who go, I don't, I don't want him to be king. Ooh. Now, again, that's not a message to condemn you with. That's a message to ask us to, to be sober-minded in our hours and our dollars and our, our gifts. To be sober-minded and go, will he be king? This comes from him. What am I going to do with it? Is he my king? Will I invest it for the kingdom? Or is it going to be something else motivating me? Or worse yet, I'm going to just live the unexamined life of floating along and spending time and spending money and not living for anything. Oh man, that's where life at its fullest is found is that we take what we've been given, we get present with the moment and we go, I'm God's kingdom person right now. What do I do with this hour? What do I do with this dollar? What do I do with this moment? Isn't that beautiful? And we subject ourselves, subject ourselves. That word sounds harsher in the English than it really should, right? We become subjects of the king in all of it. Now, I got bonus principles to teach you about stewardship that you got to go back and study. Here's what they are. I'm just going to list them. I'm not going to talk about them because we don't have time. But here's bonus principles. Number five, there's accountability in how we invest. That's in the text. Number six, Fear of risk must be overcome. That one person was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to try. I don't, whatever. Listen, that person, by the way, oh, if I could preach on this. Yeah, I'm not going to spend time, but I am. That person, they weren't selfish. They weren't callous. They weren't like, I don't want you to be my king. They actually were just fearful. And the king comes back and he goes, well, then just get some interest. But hiding, covering, waiting, come on. That's not what life is. Again, it's not a condemnation in that. There's a call out. 
And when it gets taken, and then, and then the last principle is related to it, but seven, faithful investing is re- more rewarded with more to invest. And so this person who was afraid, you know, we go, that's such a harsh, it sounds so harsh. It's like, oh, you only, you still have the one, we'll take it from here and give it to the person who got 10. That just, in our mindset, that's just so crazy. But think of the point that it's making. The point that it's making is if you invest more, you've been seen as trustworthy. That's the word used in the Bible. And the king's going to be like, build some more, build some more. But those of us who live small lives and who don't want to take risks for the king, he's going to be like, then you're going to have small rewards. You're going to have small blessings. You're going to have small fruit. You're going to have small joy. You're going to have a small life. You're going to have a you-sized life. I'm so terrified of having a me-sized life. I want a kingdom-sized life. Wow. So there's some great teaching in here, and I saved some of the hardest ones for you to go study on your own between you and the Holy Spirit. So go do that. But those are the principles of stewardship. Here's the mini summary. It's what we do. We're kingdom people. Nothing we have is, is ours. It's for God alone. And... So we're going to invest in building the kingdom if we've settled the issue that he's going to be our king. Have we settled the issue that he's going to be our king and we'll build? That's principles of stewardship. We'll come back to that text and to those principles over the next three weeks as we talk about time and then treasure and then talents. I want to say a few things about time before we wrap up this morning. If there's three things, Time, treasure, talents. Time is one of the ones that we literally cannot ignore. It's constantly in our face. We live by calendars and schedules. We all, nobody I know feels like they have enough time. That's a whole other conversation, that idea. This is not about time management, this conversation. But man, oh man, do we all feel like time is being ill-managed somehow in our world. It's crazy. But the stewardship about time is just what we've talked about. It's about, look at what it says on the slide there. It's about living each day, each hour given to us by the king for the king. And so it's about being very present in our days. It's about very present in our hours, very present in our moments. The moment, the very present moment that we have to ask the question, am I God's person here? Am I investing this hour for the king? So the principles of stewardship apply to this, right? The question is, okay, this hour has been given to me by God. In this context, in this very moment, this is from God. And so I'm going to live it for him. I'm going to ask the question literally this present in every day of my life, what does this day look like in investing in building the kingdom? And do I really want his lordship? Do I really care what he has to say to me about how to live today? Do I really care about what he says to me about how I'm going to live this next hour? I was talking to a friend this week. He said in a group context, he goes, you know, I even think about, did I pray coming into this meeting? Did I pray ready for what? God, what do you have for me for this meeting I'm on my way to? Right? That's the idea of kingdom living, of being a steward of that hour, of going, okay, this is something God's given me. How, how am I going to be God's woman? How am I going to be God's man right now, right in this place? That's what the principles of stewardship look like as they start to get applied to time. And so, if we're going to be very present, then it's going to matter how we live. Do you hear that? If we're going to be like, this is God's hour, this is God's day. This is God's season. This is God's week. This is God's vacation. This is God's business trip. What, if we're going to get serious about, okay, I want him to be my king and I don't want to just spend time. I'm going to invest it. So I'm going to be his person. 
then it matters what we do. And so we're going to be very careful. Somebody say very careful. And I don't mean fearful. That person was already not rewarded in the scriptures. I mean careful. And when I say careful, I mean giving care and thought and intentionality, right? And strategic thinking to what I've been given. We're going to be very careful. One one more text for you this morning. It's in Ephesians chapter 5. It's up on the screen so you can see it. This is exactly what the scriptures says. Be very careful then how you live. Oh, do you not love that? Somebody write that on their mirror this week for me, please. Be very careful then how you live. Listen, look how it keeps going. Not as unwise, but as wise. As wise, meaning applying truth, knowing the truth is I've been given this day. Applying the truth that I'm God's person, applying the truth that he's my king, applying the truth that this isn't for me to spend however I want. This is for me to invest, to build God's kingdom. So be very careful how you live. Not as unwise people. Well, unwise people don't, they don't know what they're living for. I know what I'm living for. It's written in my mirror. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Oh, okay. Somebody write that Somebody get a tattoo of that. <laughs> that's it right there. That's, that's stewardship of time. Making the most of every opportunity. That doesn't mean go get them. I'm going to do more and be more. Look at if you're stuck in that circle, then you got some self agenda in that. Cause it's never about more. It's about wise, careful, responsive to the king. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity than this phrase, because the days are evil. This world is conspiring not to build the kingdom. This world is conspiring not to help you be God's faithful servant. This world is conspiring not to love and build people up so everything is awesome in Shangri-La and Kumbaya. The world is not doing that, but you are because you're God's kingdom person. And the days are getting more and more evil. And so bring the kingdom where you show up. Bring the fruit of the spirit where you arrive. Bring the presence and the fragrance and the grace and the love of Jesus everywhere you go. Be careful to live like that or you'll just spend time. Ah, that's so good. It's such good news. Therefore, Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do you see the wisdom in this paragraph? Don't live unwise. Get what God wants you to do. Understand what the Lord's will is and live that out in every moment. That's the gift of this hour for you, even right now. That's the gift of the next hour and the next one and the next one. And so every encounter you walk into is a moment given to you by God to live wisely asking God, how am I your person and how do I build your kingdom here? It goes on. I wish I had time to preach in this text, but I'm almost out of time. Look at what it goes on to say. It's like, how, oh, how do we do this? He literally is with this. Don't get drunk with wine. 
I think that is so funny to me. I don't know why that cracks me up every time I read it, read it because there's something there that is so true to our human nature that we're like, life's hard. I just want to kind of take an out. I just need a breather. I just need some comfort. I just need to check out or whatever. But being a steward of time is let's check in. I'll never forget that the pastor who trained me in ministry, my first job, he called me one night and he's like, can you go to the hospital? So-and-so just went in there. I'm like, sure. And, and what's up? And he goes, I drank too much at dinner. I can't go. And he confessed, he's like, that's the only time that's ever happened, and that will never happen again. Like, I wasn't ready to be God's man when the call came. I couldn't get in my car. At least I should, not with a clear conscience. And you got to know this guy. It was probably exactly one and a quarter glasses of wine. <laughs> but to be present and ready and attentive, he goes, don't get drunk with wine, whether because we're, we're, we're not able to hear God's will or, or because we're not going to be, because we're living kind of just to, to, to medicate or to comfort, which leads to debauchery, which is meaning an immorality, but be filled, there it is again, but be filled with the Spirit. So how do we do this? We get filled with the Spirit so that we understand the Lord's will. And as you go through the rest of this passage, being filled with the Spirit, and then he says something really weird to the Ephesians. Paul says, yeah, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs or songs from the Spirit, sing and make music in your heart to God, giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Wait, what is that about? He's like, be filled with the Spirit and then get in community and keep celebrating and rehearsing these truths of all the goodness of Jesus. Raise the spiritual temperature everywhere you go. Wait, did you hear that? Raise the spiritual temperature. Enjoy everywhere you go because the presence of God is among you and then that moment will be redeemed. You'll be in the center of God's will and you'll be God's person using that hour to build the kingdom. So guys, this is not about, you better manage your time better. You better figure out how many games of solitaire you played last week and repent of it. You better not drink any more wine. You bet. This is not what that's about. This is about get filled with the spirit, get oriented to you're my king. Lord, and then enjoy with the people of God, the gifts of God and the presence of God and be free and be his person in whatever comes your way. There's no more science to it than that. There's no more exact science to this talk. I can't tell you how to spend your next hour. I can't tell you how to maximize your hour at church. I can't tell you who to go to lunch with. I can't tell you what to do Monday morning as you first get up. I can't tell you any of that, but I can tell you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, settling the issue that he's your king, and then be full of joy of all the gifts that he's given you, and then be present to hear him call you to live it out however he calls you to live it out. But the question is, will you be his servant? Now, band, I'm gonna have you guys come out. Look at, again, the joy of this, the good news of this thing is that we're not even trying to figure out so strategically, how do I spend my week? Maybe, maybe God's like, look at, be careful. I need you Wednesday. I need you, maybe. But the joy and the freedom is more along the lines of that famous quote by this theologian called, named Howard Thurman, who said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. And then go and do that. Because the world needs most people who have come alive. This is a deeply spiritual quote. Don't ask, what am I supposed to do with my week? Ask Holy Spirit, fill me, you're my king. 
and then go live out of that in this hour and the next and the next. And your days will then, because you're alive, will bring life everywhere you go. But we settle the issue. Will I live for him? Let's respond even now in worship church and give him our hearts and our lives and our hours, our time. Let's stand together.